0: Good morning, everyone. Today is the yard side of the Rebbe, the Samach We continue. We left off in Saita, the first chapter, Hei Amit Beis, the 11th line from the bottom. So it's quotes to the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, The last thing in the Mishnah, that if the woman is a suspected adulteress, and she and the husband didn't have a chance to take her to the Beis HaMikvish to drink the water to clarify his status, and he passed away, he dies, so the brother, and he died childless, so the brother who has to do the mitzvah of Yibum, but he, he can't do the mitzvah of Yibum, but he has to do the mitzvah of Chalitza. So the mother asked, may He should also do the mitzvah of Yibum. If you say you have to do a Chalitza, that means it's a continuation of the first marriage. If it's a continuation of the first marriage. He should also do the mitzvah of Yibum your mother wants to know why Ya Nad and Chalitza yes make up your mind Rabbi Yasef says on Makra, says in the Pesach that a person if she finds, if her husband finds that the wife committed adultery so he divorces her and she leaves the home and she should be to another person to a stranger she can marry another person there's no prohibition of marrying another person the husband can't live with her once she commits adultery. She can marry a stranger. So, laach, <laughs> the yavam. Yavam is not a stranger. Yavam is a brother, surviving brother. Connected that, yeah, connected. That you can't. <laughs> according to that, according to that. <laughs> so, you shouldn't need a chalitza. Why, why do you have to do a chalitza? The Torah says you can't live, you can't live with the, with the brother, just like an adulteress can't live with a husband. You also can't live with a brother because it's a continuation of the marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, must marry a stranger. So then you shouldn't need a chalitza either. Mm-hmm. This marriage is over. You can't live with her. So Rabbi Yisuf answered, so he said, Rabbi responded, if the husband did not die, didn't die. And she commits adultery. He doesn't have to divorce her. The marriage doesn't dissolve. Mm-hmm. She's 100% married mm-hmm. until she can't commit another adultery. There's no longer any marriage. No, there's 100% married. until you give a get. Mm-hmm. So too, this is a continuation of that marriage. So the chalitza replaces hashtenami, The boy chalitza. Chalitza is like a get. Mm-hmm. It's, the marriage still continues. Yeah. Right? So you still have to do something to sever the marriage. To live, that's not an option. You can't live with her. But you need a get. So in this case, you need a chalitza. What did the others say? Abiyads Rabbi Yisuf, Rabbi Yisuf said, "Why?" in The other version is Rabbi Yisuf said, "Rachmanamr v'yotzen mi'beis v'halkavois elishach." The lister lebeis v'tamr te'siyam v'nami yivumi. Over there, says that he must divorce her. An adulteress, the husband must divorce her. Why? The lister she shouldn't destroy her home. Once she's an adulterer, he can't live with her. He can't live with a snake. She destroyed the home. So you're telling him, you want the brother to take in, take in the snake? She, she destroyed her marriage, through the brother, the real husband. Uh, you're asking the brother to, to, to take her in so you should to destroy his home? So I'm like, said, that's the case, why does title allow her to marry a stranger? She's a snake. She's a destroyer of marriages. So you, you tell her, you give her permission to marry someone else, so she's going to ruin someone else's marriage. Mm-hmm. That means uh, her, her marriage to someone else. So I'm a yes, responded. And 6a, we continue on 6a. Do we force anyone to marry her? Everyone knows she's an adulteress. She is forced to divorce her first husband. If the stranger wants to marry her, he wants to take her in, we're not forcing, we're not imposing, but here in the case of a yavam, you want to force it upon him? Mm-hmm. That the brother, the surviving brother, must marry her, that you can 't force. Amri, another version of, a cause <laughs> of. The pu calls him the one who marries her, this adulterous A. he 's a different person, meaning Chain Ben, he 's not in the same caliber as the first husband, basically this one kicked out this marchat, this, this evil, evil person from his house and this one chose to willingly take into his house to marry this adulteress and you want to force you want to force this upon the brother, the surviving brother they should marry her according to you what if a person what if she married someone else and she died without children in other words, if your reason is because the Torah looks down with disdain on anyone who marries her. the Torah calls her acher. Mm-hmm. So we understand, okay, she can't marry, she can't do yibum, she can't marry the surviving brother of of the husband that she committed adultery. But then she goes ahead and marries, and then that second husband dies child. So we should say that the surviving brother, the second husband, does, is not either obligated to marry her. Because the Torah frowned on this whole marriage. The Torah—oh, Oh, one second. So here the Torah frowns on the second marriage and calls him acher, like looks down at this person who married her. Mm-hmm. So you can going to impose this on, the, on this marriage, on the surviving brother. He should also be exempt from It It's a fresh marriage. Yeah. Oh, so the gemara, that's what the Gemara answers. Very good. You think like the Gemara? So Rabbi Yesef said... She learned a lesson. She didn't, true? She, she, did mm-hmm. she didn't commit any adultery. She learned the hard way. You know, it's a, in the, in the it's a welcome a, to the world. Welcome to the real world. He learned, unfortunately, sometimes negativity is a better teacher than positive. You bang your head against the wall. She learned a lesson, she was faithful to her second husband. So there's no reason now you can't call her aher. From as a result of the first marriage, you can't impose mm-hmm. the surviving brother should live with her. After she committed adultery. But here she proves she did the truth. In the same situation, the same this, and she was faithful and loyal, and she learned a lesson. I have no reason to say, well, now I don't call her Asa. Now the brother, surviving brother, the second husband, could marry her. Ravam, Rabbi, Rabbi gives a different answer to answer the original question. Why? You have to do a chalitza, but you don't do any yibov it's logically compelling, it's a logical argument, if the Torah prohibits her, once she commits adultery, once she was suspicious of adultery, in the case of the Saita, she was warned, she secluded, two witnesses each time, and then she, and, there, so we, and they were because wrong, in right, forbidden relationship, because, in relationship because in relationship. this, relationship. this, relationship. this relationship. doubt, there's legs, there's reason to suspect right. that she, she was right, it they commit adultery, the so if the Torah prohibits her, from marrying something that was permitted to her husband, now the taita says he can't live with her, he can't be intimate with her. Yeah. But also the brother-in-law, who's prohibited. It's one of that right? He can't live with the brother. You're not allowed to. The exception of the case of a yibum, but other than that, in general, it's, mm-hmm. the brother-in-law is never allowed to be have relations with the uh, with the sister-in-law. Even if she's a even if she's a widow or the uh, brother divorced, you're never ever allowed to marry marry the brother the, the brother-in-law. What's your <laughs> <She's>, uh, <laughs> she's only sus- Call again, how much more so that he that can't live with a brother in law? If the husband was permitted there, the Titus says because she's a suspicious adulteress, he can't live with the, brother, with the husband, how much more so that he she's he, not permitted to the husband? According to you, a high priest, who violated the prohibition. A high priest is not allowed to make a kedushin without money. he can't marry an ammon, a widow. He has to marry a psulla no, who's never married before. Who And then the koin gadol dies. V'yesh ach he has a brother, koin Hedy. He has a brother. Oh, liach, he has a brother, koin hedyid, who's a regular koin. Who's allowed to marry an There's no Only the koin gadol is allowed to marry a man. A regular koin can't marry a prostitute, can't marry a divorcee. But he, he doesn't have to marry a virgin. Only the koin gadol has to marry a virgin who's not an Amman, who's not a widow. So the Koyen is not allowed to live with this woman because she's not a mother. The brother, the surviving brother, and he died childless. The surviving brother is brother Kayan, who's a Koyan, because the same father. But he's a regular Kayan, He can marry her. So what are you going to say? Like the Siyabr, also say that you're not allowed to do Yibam. Why? According to your logic. In Nasser Rebbe Mutullah, if the Torah prohibits, prohibits from marrying her husband, which he's allowed to marry, meaning, meaning that it's a Kiddushin. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's not Mutalah. He's not allowed to. Okay, the mother will explain what, is quiet, what his thinking is. But also, like, also again, a brother in law, which is prohibited in general, any brother in law can't marry a sister in law. Surely it should remain prohibited. So you should say, in that case, that the Koyan cannot cannot do Yibum with a sister in law, with, with a wife, the. Of the uh, of the kayengadl. we don't understand your logic. What do you mean? What do you mean? What's your logical argument? That if the tater prohibits her from a husband, which she's allowed to husband, she's not allowed to her husband. She's a widow. A kain is not allowed to marry a widow, so she's not allowed for a husband. She's also not allowed to, to the to the surviving brother. Ella, what do you mean? Ella, if you question, if you want to ask a question, only if you have a question, this is the question. The question is, Asha. So that's not a question that the, the brother, the Koyan, the Koyan headed, the regular Koyan should be able to marry her. Why should he be able to marry her? She's forbidden to her brother and she's forbidden to him. But the question is, Asha's Koyan Shanenza, the wife of the Koyan who was raped mm-hmm. by Israel, it's not a problem. It's not adultery. She was mm-hmm. raped. But in the case of a Koyan, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Even if the wife is raped, she's a zayna. He can't live with her ever again. So he's going And then, so Mason, he dies. But yes, he has a brother, Ach, from the same father. So he's a full-fledged brother. So he's obligated in Yibum. He's obligated to continue the marriage. But he's a cholol. Because the father, let's say his mother, was a divorcee. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's cholol. He doesn't have the sanctity of a koin. doesn't have the obligations of a koin. He's allowed to. Mm-hmm. For him, a wife that's raped is not a problem. Mm-hmm. He's not an adulteress and he's not a koyan. He doesn't have the holiness of a koyan uh, that he's not allowed to marry a zaina. So you're going to say, Laitis me, should also say, Laitis Yabmi shouldn't be able to do Yibbu. Why? Because according to your logic, Im Nasr If the Torah prohibits the wife to her husband, she's allowed to live with her husband. Nevertheless, because she was raped, she's no longer allowed to live with her husband. And then the husband dies. So how much more so, but also like a brother-in-law, who in general, a brother-in-law is prohibited to her, surely she should not be allowed to mm-hmm. do yibum to live with the with surviving brother. Mm-hmm. Who's a khalo. A Koyan who's a chalol who doesn't have the sanctity of a koyin. So you the answer, no, that's not a question. The reason there why he's allowed to do yibum and he's obligated to do yibum, why the surviving brother who's a chalol, she had the same father, but his mother is a, from a grush or whatever. He's a holy, he doesn't have the sanctity. Why he's allowed to live with a wife, even though she was prohibited to, to, to his brother, to her husband, is because because for a Jew, being a regular Jew, unless you have the sanctity of a kohen, being raped, is not adultery. So it's allowed. For him, there's no prohibition. She's not prohibited. From his point of view, where he's standing, mm-hmm. the brother who's a cholos doesn't have the sanctity of a Koyin. The fact that she was raped is not a, it doesn't mean anything. There's nothing wrong. Nothing. Right. It's only for the brother. So for him, it's prohibited. But for him, for him if he would have been, had he been, a, the husband would have been a Yisrael. the husband would have been a, yeah, like him, a yeah, Koyin yeah. Cholo, wouldn't have mattered. There wouldn't be any prohibition. So the prohibition is technical for him because he's a Koyan. But for, for the brother, she didn't do anything wrong. From his right, point of right, view, right, she right, did nothing right, wrong. Right. So he's permitted. That's why he's permitted to do yibum. Mm-hmm. But now we understand, the bottom line is we understand why in our case of a Saita you can't do yibum for all the reasons the mother gave. But Chalitza you have to do, because even though you're prohibited, but you still need a get, so you still need Chalitza. The next mission is, the second mission in the tract of, and these are prohibited from eating. Truma. If a woman confesses and she tells her husband, I committed adultery. In other words, then, then she doesn't drink the water. Right. If she says that I committed adultery, she doesn't drink the water. It's only if she proclaims her innocence. Then she drinks the water, and then the water, if the water will clarify, she doesn't die, then we say she's permitted to her husband, and she's allowed to eat trumah. But if she admits and she says, she says that I, I committed her, I, I, so she can't drink the water, so then she remains prohibited from her husband, and she can't eat trumah. So she's married to a me. Even if she does, she proclaims her innocence, but two witnesses come and testify that she committed adultery. The truth is, even, even, even world, we learned. If you remember, at the end of the we had a whole discussion where the woman comes and says, the first Mishnah, the second Mishnah, a woman comes and says, I committed adultery. Do we believe her? No. No, she's just looking for a way out. And she has an opinion, she's even allowed to eat truma. We don't believe her. But this case is different. Here we're talking about there was a warning and she was in seclusion and we suspect her and we're hauling her to the base of Amigdor. So then when she says, she, com- she confesses, here this legs. Here we have reason to believe her. So she becomes prohibited from eating truma. Even if she drinks and nothing happens to her, but since, there's two witnesses and since she confessed, she's still prohibited. Because we say maybe the waters didn't work if she's so guilty as the witnesses say and if she's if she's innocent, if she's if she committed adultery, if she confesses, why 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 is why is she still alive? Why didn't the water because maybe she has a merit. Maybe she's alive because she has a merit. So if she if she confesses if she comes and she confesses Before she drinks the water. Yeah. No, even I'm saying yeah, so then even oh maybe even after even after she drinks the water. Once she confesses Maybe even after she drinks the water. Well, if she confesses, she says, "I committed a So we say, maybe the water didn't work because maybe she has a merit, or we'll we'll see later on. Okay. Then he says, "By medicine, she says, I don't want to drink." She's afraid. She's afraid. She's not admitting. I'm not confessing any guilt. Mm-hmm. But she's afraid that even if she's innocent, she's going to die. She doesn't trust the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't trust this, You know, she's terrified. Mm-hmm. She says, "I don't want to drink." So you can't drink. So you remain prohibited, and you remain prohibited from eating teruma. V'shapayla so in the he said, What if the husband doesn't want to? Doesn't want to drink? It's up to the husband. The husband has to bring it to the base of make the husband says, "I don't want. I don't want to give it to drink. In other words, I don't want to live with her. <laughs> I'm, I'm not interested." The Shabbat Lebole, but that if the husband had relations with her on the way to Yerushalayim, he had relations with her. The water only works if he's moral and pure. He can be immoral, violating sexual immorality, and then she, she's dying because she's immoral. It doesn't work right, that right, way. Right, right, right. So he, the Torah says he's not allowed to live with her. You have to, thank you. So you have to. Relations, he's going to die also from the water. Mm-hmm. Oh, one oh, second. No, we're, not, we're talking about, no, only the adulterer dies. Okay. The adulterer. The husband is not an adulterer. He just violates. The Titus says he can't live with her, so he violates a prohibition. He's not an adulterer. The adulterer dies with her. So the husband says. So if he sinned the water doesn't work. Mm-hmm. No one is dying. Yet, the water doesn't work. Oh, Taisu says when he says two two witnesses, we're talking about after after she drank the water. So the question is, maybe he's precise. When do we believe two witnesses? Even though she drank and she didn't die. Mm-hmm. Only if two witnesses come and say she committed adultery, then we believe the two witnesses. But if one witness comes, it's one witness against the water. Who are you going to believe? Hashem there's one witness? So then maybe we say we don't believe the one witness. When do we believe the one witness? Before she drinks. Right. So we say we, we establish she's an adulteress and we don't even let her drink. But what if she drank and she, she's alive? Nothing happened to her. And then the one witness comes along and says, I saw her commit adultery. Maybe in that case, Teisus speculates, maybe we don't believe that one witness because we have the water that proves that she's innocent. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Mishnah says, dim in the plural. It says it's probably even one witness because one witness is like two witnesses in this case. So even one witness comes along, even after she drank, we do believe. Mm-hmm. We do believe the one witness. luckily it's an argument. Teisus wants to say that even one witness, Others say no. You don't believe one witness in this case. Actually, the Mishnah is precise. Like Teiswis points out, two witnesses. Okay, that's the Mishnah. told us the following. And we brought a proof. We brought a proof. He brought a proof from our Mishnah to prove his assertion. What did he say? What did, what did the Rav say? So it has witnesses that she committed adultery, but they're not present. The waters are not effective. When are the waters effective to clarify her status? Only if we don't know, and no one knows. There's no way to know. She was alone, she was secluded, we have no way of knowing, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Then the sight of waters, but if Hashem knows that there's two witnesses who soar, they're just not present, Mm-hmm. then the waters won't work, won't operate. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she's still walking around doesn't prove that she's innocent. And the proof is from our Mishnah. That's what he said. And what's the reason? When do we say that the waters work? If there's no witnesses, the other, but no one knows. to Exclude in the case where somebody knows, even if he's not present, then the waters won't work. Dikad the Yadavu. I ain't no Masnitzni. Brought a proof from our mission. The Ktani says now Mishnah. Oh, I ain't no Masnitzni. proof from our Mishnah. The Ktani learned. We learned. Shabola. Edim. She have Witnesses come that she committed adultery. So the also Edim emus. So then she doesn't. She is prohibited from eating Truma. The also Edim. When did the Edim come? He name the Shasi. If Mishnah means the witnesses come before she drinks the water. The Shaita. Then uh, zaynehi. Obviously. Well, what's the mission coming to teach me? Two witnesses come, even if there's no warning, even if there's no seclusion. Two witnesses come and say she commits adultery, she's prohibited to her husband, period. And, she can, and she's a Zainab, she can no longer eat truma, period. Uh, what's the mission coming to teach me? Mm-hmm. We have to say the mission's coming to teach me a chiddush, a novelty, that even after she drank the water, and the water already proved her innocence. Mm-hmm. Then two witnesses come along and say that she committed adultery. I would think, hey, the words of the witnesses against Hashem. Hashem says she's innocent. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to believe? Mm-hmm. So that's when the mission comes to teach me. Mm-hmm. So am to so say, the reason what the mission is telling is because Hashem never said she's innocent. Because where does Hashem say is innocent? Only if nobody knows. But if there's witnesses that know, even if they're in the other end of the world and they're not in front of us, it doesn't matter. The waters don't work. The waters are not effective. So the fact that the witnesses come later just clarifies that the water never clarified anything. So this proves this point. If you're going to say that water proves, even if there's witnesses, Hashem once she drinks, Hashem will tell us once and for all, she's not mm-hmm. of the pure. So I know that for certain that these witnesses are a bunch of liars. It's their word against Hashem. Who are you going to believe? Mm-hmm. So this proves that Shesh's this point. I'm like, Rabbi Rabbi says, no, it doesn't prove anything. Really, I'll tell you, that Hashem, once she drinks the water, then Hashem is telling us the truth. She did drink, she didn't drink. But do you know why the water didn't clarify her? Even though she's guilty, as the witnesses say. Because there's another aspect, there's another reason why when the waters don't take effect. Even if she's guilty. Why? But maybe she has a merit. person has a merit even if she's guilty. Hashem will protect her, Hashem won't, won't punish her for another merit. So it doesn't prove that she didn't commit adultery. At least she did commit adultery. She may have a big merit that, that, that saves, saves her life. So the witnesses come and tell us that she's, she's committed adultery. So I have no reason not to believe the witnesses. The witnesses are telling the truth. She committed adultery. Then why is she still walking? Why is she still alive? Mm-hmm. She must have had a big merit. Maybe she gave a lot of tzedakah and she must have had a big merit that, that, that saved her life. What what's the argument in Rabbi Yosef and, and Rabbi Amram everyone agrees that merit helps so what's the proof to Rabbi Rabbi, 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 Rabbi premise that as long as there's witnesses anywhere in the world the water is not effective maybe waters are effective even if there are witnesses that, but the reason here why the water didn't work is because she has a merit so the De They're arguing about Misnavna. Like Rebbe said, nah, we learn the Mishnah, we learn later on in the tractate. Didabi De says, a person has a merit. If she has a merit, it will suspend the effect of the bitter waters. She doesn't she won't give birth. She doesn't become better. Usually a woman is totally innocent actually walk away from drinking the water walk away improved her color she'll, she she had difficulty in labor she'll have children here no none of that happens because she's guilty Ella and she, she goes downhill from there she, yes she remains alive she's still walking and breathing but she's going to go downhill slowly her body will deteriorate the safe she makes until she dies by miss. At the end, she's going to die that horrible death. So it's just suspended. It's like delayed. It's like a delayed death. So the merit will only help. That's according to Debbie. The merit will help, but she won't die immediately. She'll be suspended. She'll die later on. But in the meanwhile, her life will deteriorate. So Ravshaysh is sovereign. Ravshaysh is hold. is holds That everyone holds that. Her life will deteriorate. The only argument is that the rabbis, this give with Debbie, say he, she won't die at the end. If she has a merit, her death will be permanently suspended. She's just gonna, her body will, will, will deteriorate. Versus Debbie holds, no, she, at the end she'll die. But according to everyone, her body does deteriorate. So therefore, Therefore, Rav Shesha says you can't say that the reason why the water didn't work is because, there, because uh, she has a merit. Because if she had a merit, her body would deteriorate. How is it that she walked away, if color came back, she looked better than ever? And then two witnesses come along and say that she committed adultery, we believe the witnesses. So it proves the point of Rav Shesha's that whenever there's witnesses, the waters don't work. Even if they're not in front of us, Hashem knows that there's somewhere in the world that someone knows what happened yeah, in that room. The says, then no, then it doesn't moment. work. Exactly. It doesn't work. But and no that, that knows, proves. Right. The watch. verse is right. Rabbi Yosef holds. Right, right. Rabbi Yosef holds. No. Rabbi Yosef holds. Rabbi Yosef the have a the The rabbis disagree with the Debi on both accounts. Not only do they disagree that mm-hmm. she doesn't die at the end. But if she has a merit, her body doesn't, doesn't deteriorate. So therefore, when I see that this woman drank the water and nothing happened to her, she's just as healthy and robust as previously, so it doesn't prove anything. It just proves that she, that she has a merit. And that's why when the witnesses come, we believe the witnesses. Okay.. <inaudible> we learn Abshimen says le Abshimen argues in that mission he says he doesn't believe that a, a merit could stop the water from, uh, from, uh, from killing her why? because if you're going to say that a merit helps that a merit helps So you're going to push away the water, it'll lose its whole effectiveness. And you're going to cause a bad name for all the women who drank and walked away, breathing. Everyone's going to say, really, they're guilty. You know why she walked away? She must have had a merit. So Rabbi Shimon disagrees, Rabbi Shimon says you can't say that. Hashem would not do that. The water, to, to maintain the reputation of the water and to maintain the reputation of the women who drank the water to prove their innocence, you have to say the water is effective and the merit does not help. Now, so the question is, according to you, you argue. Yeshle made them say, Yam. whenever there's witnesses, even at the other end of the world. The waters are not effective. So we also have the same problem. You're going you're gonna to cause, you're going to hurt the reputation of all the women who drank and walked away. alive. People are going to say, really, they're guilty. And the only reason they walked away is because there must be witnesses that know that she committed adultery. So he answered. So the question is, you're asking an Abshiman. But Abshimim, this was the Italian, not Italian. Abshimim, I could disagree, just like Abshimim over there disagrees and says that merit does not help. He'll also disagree here and he'll say that, a merit, uh, that the fact that there's witnesses won't help. Hashem has to establish the effectiveness of the water. Unless the water is decisive and it decisively clarifies who's guilty and who's innocent, otherwise the whole thing becomes meaningless. Because a woman walks away alive, I won't say really she's guilty, and she walks away alive because this reason, that reason, the other reason. Mm-hmm. So well, what did you accomplish? So therefore, Rabbi Shimon would, agree, would disagree. According to Rabbi Shimon, if she drinks water, and she walks away breathing, and then witnesses come, we don't believe the witnesses. It's their word, against Hashem's word. As we learned, we learned, we're going to learn later on in the tractate date. and these are the cases where the women, the Saita, who bring their offering, You have to bring the offering of barley. Usually, all the offerings were made of wheat, but in this case Fruit. she acted like an animal, so she has to bring food of an animal, <laughs> barley, and the Oimer. Those are the two uh, minchas that we bring the barley, animal food, and these. And usually we offer it, but then there's a mincha that we burn. We don't offer it, but we burn it in Holiness, we burn it. We continue on side B, 6B. I met as me a woman who says that I committed adultery. She admits she committed adultery because they used to warn her, they do not want to erase Hashem's name for nothing. She's guilty, and she admits she's afraid. She, she came clean, said, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. How <laughs> come clean? I can't live with my husband, but at least I, don't, I won't die. Right. I'll live to tell the tale. Right. <laughs> So, so in that case, you burn the menach- you burn the mincha. It was already sanctified, mm-hmm. so you can't just uh, eat it. It's holy, mm-hmm. but there's no point in offering it. She already committed, she already confessed her guilt. Right. So well, well, there's no reason to. It goes hand in hand with drinking the water. If you're not drinking the water, there's no point in offering the offering. So you have to burn it. And she me and if witnesses came and testified that she committed adultery again. There's no, she can drink the water, there's no point in drinking the water, there's no point in offering this mincha. Right. So you burn it. But it's it's already can sanctified. You can't, just, you can't just take it home and eat it. So if you have you burn it. So the so question is, also Adam Amos, when did the witnesses come and testify that she committed adultery? Elim, if you're gonna want to say, if the witnesses came before you sanctify this offering in, in the holy vessel. First you have to bring the, the barley, the flour of the barley in the holy vessel to sanctify it. So if they came before they had a chance to sanctify it, then, then it never became sanctified. So I can take it home and use it in my kitchen. There's no sanctity. You have to say, They already sanctified it. They already put it into the holy vessel, into the holy vessel and made it holy. So the question is, if you're going to say, if you're going to say that although there are witnesses, the water would clarify her guilt or innocence, had she if she would have, if she would drink the water before the witnesses came forward, the water would tell us if she's guilty or innocent. So then it makes sense that the fact that you put it into the holy vessel sanctified it. Because it was worthy, it was ready to be offered as a sacrifice. V'chi kadash me kader, The sanctity was based on something real. Because it goes hand in hand with the drinking of the water. The drinking of the water is effective. Would clarify for us a guilt or innocence. And that's why you have to bring an offering. But if, but if you're gonna say that when there's witnesses like Avshai says, when there's witnesses anywhere in the world, the waters are not effective, then the question is So then it should be revealed retroactively. The may the whole thing was a mistake, erroneous. The only reason we put the flour in the pot in the vessel. Is because because she was going to drink the water and the water would clarify her guilt or innocence. So therefore, we have to bring. We have to bring. It is accompanied by by a mincha. Oh, According to Rav the, the whole thing was a mistake. It's an erroneous assumption. We assume that the water is going to be effective, and and therefore she has to bring a mincha. The waters don't make a difference in this case because there's witnesses, and later on the witnesses come. So it means retroactively, the whole thing was a was a mistaken notion. The whole thing was, an, uh, was a false premise. The mm-hmm. whole underlying assumption was wrong. So therefore it should never be Kaddish. If you, if you sanctify something by mistake mm-hmm. because you had the wrong information, then it would never, never be sanctified. Right. So why do you have to burn it? Right. In the case of witnesses come, why in the world would have to burn the Menachem? It never became holy in the first place because the whole assumption, underlying assumption was erroneous. Mm-hmm. According to the Rav it <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> should go out to Holland. It should Take it home with you and use it. Why do you have to burn it? Rabbi Huda Mendiska says, You're right, but you know what we're talking about? You know what the mission is talking about? <speaking in Hebrew> she, You know where she committed adultery? The witnesses come and tell us she committed adultery by Zorah. While they brought her to the base of Migdash to drink area. the water in the waiting area, she's, she, managed this, she managed to commit adultery. So the water is the not based on the wrong assumption. The water was going to clarify because there was no witnesses about what happened when she secluded with her husband. That there are no witnesses anywhere in the world. So the water is for real. The, 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 the assumption is right. The water needs to clarify and therefore you need to bring a, a mincha. So when you brought the mincha, it was holy. Then witnesses come along and tell us not that she committed adultery when she was secluded. Mm-hmm. When the husband warned her and then she was secluded and then she committed adultery. No. In the, on the way to drink the water, say she's an adulteress. Nothing to do with that case. So the mincha is a good mincha, was sanctified properly. It's not, it's not under false assumptions. Right. And now she's an adulteress, so there's no there's no need. I don't need any water to clarify. Even if she was innocent while she was secluded, now she's a, definitely an adulteress. The chikadosh may Now she's an adulteress, so there's no point in drinking the water. But the mincha has to be burned. Right. a mesharshiyah, yes. What do you mean? How could you say that? How could you answer that? How could you... She's escorted. You think in the temple you go alone, unescorted? She's escorted by the young Kayanim who are escorting her to to, to drink the water. So you might answer... (laughs) She's... She seduced one of those young kainim, of, hot-blooded young kainim. Of, basically, this is a big area. She snuck onto her right, side. Right, right, right. Don't forget, she, she's already a, a veteran adulteress. She, she knows the way she knows her adultery. She's a seductress, a temptress. <laughs> so these hot-blooded kainim of, never saw such a gorgeous woman. And he took her on her side and he committed adultery. Nabashi Ashi gives a different answer. She in kaveh. Even if she's a escorted, we don't suspect the Koyan in the base. Beis <laughs> But she had to go to the bathroom. So she snuck away. They're going to hold her in a cage. We're going to watch her when she goes to the bathroom, or she goes to the ladies' room. Mm-hmm. So she said, I have to excuse myself, to go to the ladies' room. And then she had an adultery with the, with the attendant there or whatever. <laughs> and her papa, and her papa, says, her papa said, no, this, that's, not, that's not the simple meaning of the mission. Farfetch. No, that's not what the Mishnah is talking about. The Mishnah means that the witnesses came and said that she committed adultery while she was secluded with the with man the husband said she should not seclude herself with, warned her against. So We're not talking about later on she committed adultery. That's a simple reading in the Mishnah, the way we understood it. That's the correct understanding. Ah yeah, so the comment you said according to he asked if that according to the the whole thing was an erroneous assumption, so it should never have become sanctified. So I should take the flour home or the barley home. or well, why do you have to burn it? So the answer is you're right. Biblically I would. that's rabbinic. It's a rabbinic decree that shouldn't we shouldn't treat it as chulin, even though biblically it is really chulin, because the whole thing was a wrong premise. But, but the rabbis say you should treat it like it's sacred and you should burn it. Why? Why would the rabbis make such a degree? Because the appearance. People all they see is they put the barley, the flour of the barley, in the holy holy vessel. And next thing you know, you're taking it home right, right, right. to your kitchen. The They won't understand. You have to be a big scholar to understand that because there were witnesses. And therefore it turns out that retroactively the whole thing was erroneous. A person, a simple person, keep it simple. You know, kiss, keep it simple. You know, I it's I know it's a law. You put something in a holy a holy vessel, it becomes sacred, and then I can no longer take it home. If it becomes disqualified, I have to burn it in the temple. All of a sudden I see he's taking it home. I can understand. So you'll think that that it doesn't matter, even though we learned we're gonna learn later on the mincha became impure? Before, you sanctified it in the in the holy vessel of the Beis HaMikdash so it's like all the other manachas with tifta. So then you can redeem it. In other words, even though you designated it already verbally, you put it aside so you can redeem it. It becomes holy but you can redeem it and then you can take it home to your kitchen. But uh, but actually, once you put it into the holy vessel and then it becomes defective and pure, HaRek manachas with the Sarif. Then it becomes sacred. I can't I can't redeem it anymore. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I can't offer it. It's impure, so you burn it. Which is sort Then he continues, Kiddush Koimets. What if he sanctified the coimets? The coimets is what you scoop. The coyant scoops the three fingers and you sanctified it, you take the scoop and put it, put it in a vessel, in a holy vessel, and then you bring it to the, to, to the altar to burn. Well, he speaks like, before he had a chance to bring it to the altar to burn the scoop, Hatshameis, he died. Who? Hatshameis, he, or she died. Once he dies, he can no longer administer the water. There's no point, he's dead. There's no What are you clarifying? There's no husband anymore, or she dies, then it's all over. So what do you do? It's like all other menachas, and you burn it. What if Kadva Kaymits? What if you offered the scoop? It was already burnt on the altar. Well he is, but the Koinim didn't have a chance to eat the leftovers. And then he dies, the husband dies, she dies. It's That's like all well, other monachis you're allowed to eat it, the Kainim allowed to eat it. Why? Because the whole the whole reason it was offered was we don't know, she, she guilty, she's not guilty. So even though she never got a chance to to drink it, even though she never got a chance, now there's no point of drinking. She she doesn't have a chance to drink, but but the the, the mincha did what it's supposed to do. The mincha prepares her to drink because we we bring it. We don't know if she's adulterous or not. So we bring the mincha. And then she goes ahead and drinks the water and the water will clarify. So the mincha did its job. So even though at the end of the day there's there's no no husband anymore and she dies, or he dies, there's no drinking anymore. But nevertheless, the carbon was done properly. Mm -hmm. So therefore you're allowed to eat it. Keep the Svaka wa The the carbon did its kapara, did did what it's supposed to do. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Then he continues. What if Bola ate she but what if witnesses come and testify that she committed adultery? Even after the koim was was offered. Mm-hmm. No one is allowed to eat from that mincha. You have to burn it. You have to burn it. And if nim but what if the witnesses are found to be false witnesses? In other words, the witnesses would testify that she secluded herself. The whole premise of the Saita was he warned her in front of witnesses, don't seclude yourself. Then she went out in front of witnesses and she secluded herself. And she was alone with this person. We don't know what happened. A lo- enough time for her to to, eat, to, to to cook the egg and to eat it. And enough time for something to happen, we don't know. So therefore, she has to drink the water of seita. Then it turns out, after the whole story, after everything was done, it turns out that the, the whole premise was wrong. He never secluded herself. The two witnesses that testified she secluded herself turned out to be false witnesses. So, in this case, take the mincha home. It never became sanctified. The whole thing was an erroneous assumption, a false premise. So, according to you, according to your answer, you say that the whole thing is rabbinic, that once the, the mincha was put into the holy vessel, people won't understand, even though biblically since the whole mincha wasn't a false premise, because if there are witnesses, it commits adultery. So the whole thing isn't a false premise, and therefore it was never sanctified in the first place, and even though biblically you should be able to take it home, but the rabbi said, people watching won't understand it. They won't understand it. So therefore we say, burn the mincha. Here we say, take it home. If there's false witnesses, it turns out the whole thing was a lie, take the mincha home, even though it was offered, it was offered on the temple, and the, the, the scooped up was already burnt. Take the leftovers home. There's not no sanctity to it. You should say rabbinically. You should burn it because it was put into a vessel. People right. won't understand. So Gemara answers very simply. Gemara answers. He says, You're asking for Edom zeimin. Edom zeimin makes a noise. Everyone knows. It's not. People will understand. People say, "Oh, it was a false witness. The whole thing was false." You have to publicize it. Everyone knows about it. So, everyone knows about it. But people understand why you're taking the mincha home. Because the whole thing was a lie. To be you, yeah, you took an innocent person and you made up a baba. It's like a Lila's dam. You made up a lot of blood libel against her. So, everyone will, everyone will be talking about it. The talk of town. So, they don't understand. Of course, there's nothing holy here. The whole, whole thing was a charade. But, but a regular case. Two witnesses come and say that she committed adultery. People won't understand. On the contrary, she committed adultery. We suspected her of adultery. Two witnesses are coming to confirm that she that she indeed, indeed did commit adultery. Why are you taking the mincha home? It was sanctified in the vessel. People won't understand. That's why the rabbis say you should burn it. Take says, Let's already learn to the Mishnah we learned. The Bradais that supports Avshesh's opinion. But the Not for his reason, for different reasons. Says That that only if she's innocent, then the water in other words, if, she, if she's saved from the water because she's innocent, then, as the Pasuk says, she'll be cleansed and she, she's going to have children. She'll be blessed. The water turns into a blessing. This same bitter water that can kill her will turn into a blessing. Only if she's indeed innocent. If she's indeed innocent. But not, if she's not innocent. The only reason is, in other words, there are witnesses who know that she committed adultery, but they're just on the other side across the ocean. They're not in front of us. But then the the water doesn't turn into a blessing. Utahoira, and then it says an extra vav. It should have said Tahira. It says Utahoira comes to teach us. Also, only if she's innocent and not if she's really guilty, but the reason she's not dying is because she has a merit. And he comes to teach us, a he comes to teach us, if she becomes a talk of town, she's acting in such a suspicious way. She's such a flirt mm-hmm. that everyone is talking about her, how she's flirting with everyone, and she, she's promiscuous. Then the waters won't work. are not effective. The waters are only effective for a woman who's modest. A Jewish woman who's modest, who's behaving, then the water will clarify for us if she's guilty and innocent. And if she's innocent, the water will turn into a blessing. Mm-hmm. But if if she's a woman who's has a reputation, she's flirtatious and she's she not modest, and so then the waters won't work. So it doesn't prove anything. The one, the fact that she's breathing and she's still walking and alive, and the waters will definitely not be a waters a blessing. Just just not effective enough. So that's what a levana means. That's the translation of a levana. Levana, no, no, those people. No women. Women who are sitting and sewing. The women who are weaving by by the moonlight, okay. sitting and talking. Yentes. The yentas are talking. Everyone, all the yentas in town are talking about her. She's the talk of town. The gossip, right, right. the gossipers. Right? Yeah, the gossipers. The yentas are sitting and talking while they're weaving, and she's the talk of town. Oh, you know, women know what's going on. You want to know the news? You go to the yentas. The yentas have an insider's information. You know, they, they, uh, people talk. He says he learns that from a different passage. Rav said we learn because Alcosvede that no one knows what happened. Then the site works. Here, the Brai says, we learn it out from Tahira. Ut Tahira. Only if she's taka innocent. Then the water turns into a blessing. But if she's not innocent, the water won't work, but it's not a blessing, because it doesn't prove anything. It's not. Uh, and also, if she, if she has a merit, and also if, she, if everyone sees the talk of town, she has a reputation, then the waters won't work. Not a blessing. Now the Gemara continues. Let's finish. With Abshimen, Abshimenu disagrees. Rab Shimon, who says that merit doesn't help, like you asked, then you're making a mockery of the whole water. And then how could how could how could you allow her to go back to her husband? Maybe she's guilty, and it doesn't prove anything. So he says, Rab Shimon, and we also said Rab Shimon disagrees also with everything. He disagrees with S'chus, and he even disagrees with his witnesses. He says. So Reb Shimon, he the vav le darish. Reb Shimon, now the mother takes it back. Before we said just like Reb Shimon argues with schus, so you can say it doesn't add the extra vav. Reb Shimon doesn't learn the whole thing from an extra vav. Right. But Taita says clearly innocent. She's not innocent. There's witnesses who knows that she committed adultery. The pasuk says clearly in that case the waters are not a blessing and the waters are not effective. Reb Shimon is not going to argue with a clear pasuk. But, but what about Shimon's argument? Shimon says just like the, he argues with Schuss. Because if you say that Schuss will stop the water's effectiveness and you're making a mockery of the whole thing, how could you allow her to go back to her husband? Maybe she says she's guilty. doesn't prove anything. And you're going you're gonna to shame all the women who walked away. Everyone's going to say they're, guilty, they're still guilty. The, the water didn't work because she had a merit. And we said, Shimon so we have the same argument in the case if there's witnesses, the same problem. How could you allow her to go back to her husband? Maybe she's guilty. Mm-hmm. And there, there are witnesses somewhere in the world who know who saw what happened. And you're gonna make a mockery of the whole thing. So you better answers, answers. and moved in and say, yamlish seven day in the last line, the top top line. Because it's it's not usual. What are the chances? She was warned, she secluded, and there are witnesses who saw what happened and, and they and, and they skip down. No one knows Probably, if there are witnesses who saw that she's secluded, there's no one else. No, there's no one else. There was no one else there. What are the chances? They didn't know. There's witnesses watching, saw what happened. They were watching from the attic. I mean, mean, what are the chances? The chances are he warned in front of two witnesses. She's secluded in front of two witnesses. There's no one else there. No one knows what happened inside the room. It's so unlikely, you don't have to worry about something that's unlikely. So no one is going to think... That, oh, you know, maybe she's really guilty. And the reason the water didn't work, because because someone was watching. Unbeknownst to the two witnesses who are sitting there watching her being secluded. They didn't see anyone else. Mm-hmm. But somehow there's two witnesses that saw without them knowing, and but and they're somewhere somewhere in the in Bermuda, somewhere across the sea or in Europe, and they we can't they can't testify. Mm-hmm. It's so unlikely that you don't have to worry about that. No one's going to think that. Therefore, you won't, you're not going to discredit the water. Right. But in the case of a schus, is much more likely, even though that's also not... that The rabbis don't worry about that. Because what are the chances a person has such a great merit that even though she committed adultery, Hashem is going to have mercy and, and is going to avoid... They she she usually don't go like, together. Right? They usually don't go together. Right. Usually to, very good. An adulteress usually is not a person who has tremendous chosim. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what? Is, but the Reb says no. But it's much more likely than it, it should be two witnesses. Is so far fetched no. that you but don't have to worry about. Era, it. That's common. Not not so that. common. But common. Not so common. Not more. Yeah, more common in this case. case. Yeah. Not so common because otherwise, how could you let her go back to her husband? And if she's a koyin, how could she live with a koyin? And how could she eat truma? So, so it, it's, but it's much more common than witnesses. Right. Okay, to be continued, and we'll start. it uh, will continue within the third mishnah tomorrow. Everyone have a wonderful day. Remember to search the chummas tonight. Have a wonderful.